Welcome in, everybody. You know it's what we do every Friday here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It is time to get in the cage. It is brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. And a pleasure to speak to a local, sort of. He's not from Seattle, but Spokane, Washington. So we will claim him as our own. And he is in the Ultimate Fighter Bantamweight Finals coming up this weekend. It's going to be huge. And he's with us on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline talking about Brady. He stand with us. Brady, how are you, man? Doing amazing. I'm blessed. Stoked to be here. What what is this? You know, I want to I want to get into some things that took place on the show and the build up to this and everything. But you're just a couple days away. I mean, you're you're 22 years old. You just turned 22 in April, right? Yeah, I turned 22 on the show exactly. Yeah. So so I mean, you know, even for this sport, you're a really young guy. You're you got a five and one record, and here you are on the verge of a UFC contract. Is this? Does this feel real to you? Has it sunk in yet, or are you just tunnel vision on your opponent right now? You know, it, it, it's you know a little bit of both. I'm tunnel vision. I'm ready to go. I'm 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 honed in. You know, I've I've worked a big majority of my life for this. Even though I'm young, I've been training since I was 14 um, in just MMA, and so it's 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 a dream of mine that I'm finally like you know getting to reap the benefits of. You know, you spend so much time training and you know building your name and fighting on local scenes to now be here i'm wearing venom gear with ufc on it you know i get to talk to you know producers of ufc i i see ufc everywhere it's it's a dream come true really well and, and what's it like i mean you know talking to you know knuckleheads like me people wanting to talk to you being interviewed and hey you know it's just i i've got to imagine these are things you you dreamt about as an even younger guy than you are now and, you, and and it's happening so quickly but has it to this point lived up to the way you envisioned it it's it's beyond that i couldn't imagine i i couldn't imagine the the professionalism and the level that the ufc's at it's it's pretty cool, you know. Like I, like you said, I love talking to you guys because it just validates that I'm here. I'm on a UFC card. I'm fighting, you know, as a Coco main event to Edson Barbosa, a legend of the sport. You know, a guy I grew up watching. You know, it's it's a dream come true, really, and and I'm just extremely blessed. You know, and you you said at, something at a young age, like you said. Yeah, yeah, very, very young. I mean, just turning 22 years old. And, you know, it's interesting what you said. You started at 14 training MMA, and that's that's kind of the new generation, you know, where, whereas everybody, you know, in the beginning and even even just a few years back sort of specialized, like, oh, I grew up a wrestler, or I grew up boxing, or I grew up, you know, training jiu-jitsu. And then they had to incorporate other aspects of fighting into their game to be a complete fighter, whereas you just started training sort of everything all at once, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I did a little bit of stuff growing up. Like, I did karate when I was little. Um, I did some boxing, a little bit of wrestling and stuff like that. But, yeah, you know, it's like you said, it's the new age of sports. There was another guy on the season, Mitch, who was in the same boat as me, had been training even a little bit longer since he was 12. But since MMA's become its own thing, it's become the UFC's made it into such a popular, fastest-growing sport in the world. It's uh, It's what kids seek out to do and parents put their kids in to do rather than it you know college wrestlers finding their way in mma because they still want to compete it's pretty cool and you can you can see the level of uh athletes in the ufc now it's just skyrocketed when did you know this is i mean i i can see seeing it as a 14 year old 13 year old go man that looks crazy that's great that'd be so fun but when did you say you know what that's who i want to be that's my goal i'm i'm driving towards that 
you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things that's like slowly built over time. I think when I was 14, I was like, dude, it'd be so cool. Like, you know, I dream. It'd be so cool to be in the UFC fighting like those guys I see on the TV, like, at, uh, you know, Anderson Silva. And then when I was 16, I had my first cage fight. And I'm like, oh, I can actually fight in the cage and I can do pretty good. You know, and then, you know, I even though I lost that fight, I'm like, I want to go win. And then after my first win, I'm like, oh, I've got a lot better. Even for my first fight, I'm I'm getting good. And then when I turned pro, I'm like, I'm a pro athlete. I never thought I'd be a pro athlete. This is amazing, you know? And then I'm like, okay, what's the next step? Oh, there's like, you know, I could be a main event. I could get a title. And then I got, you know, I became the main event and got a title. And that was when I was, I think that's when I was like, I'm in the UFC. You know, I believed I was going to be there. I'm going to get there one way or another. I'm getting to the UFC. It's just a matter of time and if and how and when. But, you know, it happened. And I'm just blessed it happened so early, you know. Got good people in my corner. And, and you mentioned Anderson Silva, and I, you, you sort of answered my next question. And that is, who did you, who did you sort of grow up admiring? Is there somebody? Was it a group of guys, or was it Anderson Silva, or maybe it was GSP? Was there somebody you looked at and said, "Man, I'm going to try to model my game after this guy"? I love GSP. You know, I said Anderson Silva, and I, I still love Anderson Silva. He's a he's an amazing striker, well-rounded mixed martial artist. And but I think the guy I look up to most is probably GSP. I think his style. He has everything, and you know I kind of I kind of uh, emulate him because I, I I wrestled one year in high school, but wrestling was never my sport. But GSP became such a good wrestler through MMA, and he became a good MMA wrestler, right? And so I think that's very similar to me, where I never wrestled, but if you watch a lot of my fights, I I end up MMA wrestling, and it works out for me. So I think my style is pretty pretty similar to GSP's, and he's someone that I strive to be like and hopefully leave a, leave a legacy kind of like he did. So so as a guy, and I know I don't want to harp on your age this whole time, but as a guy that's that's very young, that doesn't have a ton of fights under your belt, how did you find your way? How, what was the process like to getting into the Ultimate Fighter? How did that come about? You know, um, it's, it was kind of luck. Kind of, it had a lot to do with my training partners, too. So I, I was a... Uh, you know, even like you said, I'm young. I don't have the experience and all that stuff. But I, uh, I performed in my fights, and they were they were all pretty good. And also, I, I'm trading partners with Mike Chiesa and Juliana Pena, both mm. you know winners of the season. And our coach Rick Little had all the faith in me, and so having them back me, I think gave the producers of the show a lot of confidence that I would at least you know hold my own in the house. So what what was that experience like? Because I've I mean, like a lot of I'm an MMA geek and I've watched every single season of The Ultimate Fighter, including your season. And I think it's interesting to hear guys now talk about, man, I remember watching season eight was the first one I saw, and that's what got me going. And you develop an image of how you think it's going to be, and you probably had better insight because of your relationship with with Juliana Pena and Michael Chiesa, who went through the same thing. So. Did they kind of prepare you for, hey, this is how it's going to go, this is how you should handle yourself, or did it was it completely different than you would imagine? To, tell me about your experience in the house. You no, know, it, it had a lot of similarities. You know, it was a little bit different, I think, uh, because of COVID. So there was a little bit more limitations and stuff like that. But, they're, you know, like you, like you said, they, Mike and Julie definitely prepared me well. A few things they were, like, saying is, like, you, you know, it's, we're in the house and you become buddies with all these guys, but you got to make sure you remember the focus focus is to win the show. 
and you're disconnected from your friends, friend, family. You don't have a phone, any contact with the outside world. So you got to kind of just stay honed in and focused and take one fight as it comes, take it one step at a time instead of overwhelming yourself with trying to think of the whole show as, as you know, three fights to win it. Take it one step at a time and take every fight as a new challenge. Well, and, and then I also saw, I, I think I read or saw an interview with you somewhere talking about the fact that you went through, I think you said, correct me if I'm wrong, you'd gone through the entire season with a knee injury, but you didn't tell anybody. Is that accurate or, or did I have the timeline off? No, you know, you're right. I, uh, I, uh, so yeah. So when I was the first week, since I wasn't the first week of fights, cause they did four fights a night, three different nights. So the first week I was just rolling and training, kind of getting prep, uh, prepared for, uh, for my upcoming fight. And I was rolling with one of the coaches and he rolled through on a, a deep half guard sweep and my knee, my foot got caught in the mat and it twisted and my knee popped and so I, I i strained my meniscus and you know i tore it a little bit and uh so yeah i dealt with that the whole fight and so if you see in the josh fight um it's really early i'd go for a front lead kick and the injury was on my right leg and he caught my leg and my knee buckled and so i i kind of fell down after he caught the kick luckily it, it didn't really do much in the fight but it kind of you know made me aware and I, I didn't kick much after that but yeah so training with that it was it was pretty difficult, you know. I I luckily I just stayed focused and kind of went through it. But in a lot of training scenes, you might see me with a knee brace because uh, my coach Craig Jones got it for me. It was just so uneasy. Sometimes I would jerk one way, or I'd shoot a double weird, and it would just kind of kind of buckle. And you're yeah. I I would assume I don't know that you would tell me different, but you're a hundred percent now. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no. I, I spent <laughs> a lot of time. I even. I, uh, my mom's a nurse practitioner and so she's, she's, uh, super helpful. And I also went to the PI for a few weeks after the show to get it looked at and treated on. So now it's ready to go. Fantastic. We're, we're speaking with Brady. He stand here on 710 ESPN Seattle as he gets set for his fight this weekend, this Saturday night, the tough Bantamweight finals going on between him and Ricky Tercio. I'll ask you about him in a moment. But one thing I thought was pretty cool is uh, you, you got a legend of the sport who came through in Cowboy Cerrone, who I've had a chance to speak to a number of times. And, yeah, I think you you got to work out with him just a little bit. What what did that mean to you? Does somebody you've probably seen a million times has just a, a wealth of experience under his belt to, to be able to work with him one-on-one and just have a conversation. What, what was that like? It was super cool. Just, I, I tried to soak up as much knowledge as I could. Like you said, he's a legend of the sport. He's seen everything. I don't think there he's been in a fight. He's been in every sort of fight where he's won right away, lost right away at drag out wars, grappling matches, striking. So any like upper, any uh, advice he gave, I, I just soaked up, and you know, I I, uh, I added it to my notebook that I had at home. I wrote everything he said down, and uh, the coolest part, I think, in my opinion, because you know he's such a legend, was being able to grapple with him. He's so tricky, and you know, for being a great striker, his grappling's next level too. So it was pretty cool to see and feel that. You know, I, I'm curious about you before a fight because something he's told me in the in the few times I've talked to him that has always stuck with me, and it's a very honest comment from him. And he's told me that every time he's in the dressing room before the fight, before the walkout, 
that he's in there, that he's beyond nervous, that he's talking to himself essentially saying, why am I doing this? This is going to be the last time. I don't want to do this anymore. That the nerves are just almost overwhelming, and somebody that's had as much success and experience as he's had still before every fight would be in the dressing room going, what am I doing? This is crazy. Why I'm not doing this anymore. And then he gets in the cage and he's having the time of his life. But what what do you like before the fight? I know you've you've just got a few under your belt, but you've got some that are very high profile, obviously on on the show. Uh, what what where are you at mentally? Do you have some of those same kind of nerves? Or are you just full of confidence? How how are you feeling before that walkout? You know, I think everyone has nerves, and if they say they don't, I think they're lying. But I think the thing is, is you just gotta kind of use them. For you, I think I heard Mike Tyson say that, you know, fear is healthy. You know, it's it's good to have fear. It makes you, you know, urgent. And I think, you know, not necessarily shutting the fear out, but kind of letting it, you know, you know, focus you and drive you to make sure that you're on point and you're laser focused rather than distract you and make you all like scatterbrained and nervous. I think that's like the major key I try to do. So when I'm in the back room, I kind of just make it all simple. You know, I do get nervous because it's you're about to go on a fist fight. That's crazy, but you just got to kind of make it simple and kind of just stay laser focused. And it seems to help me when I'm in I'm in there. Now you're you're going to be facing off against a guy who was your teammate and and a friend in in Ricky Tercio. So a that's you know we've seen this before. We've seen guys who 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 come out of the same camp who will end up fighting each other or friends that used to train together fighting each other. So. That part of it's not new, but this is so fresh for you and you guys having that relationship. What are your feelings about that? Is there is there a different vibe than any other fights you've had, or are you able to sort of compartmentalize and say, hey, he's just another opponent and I've got business to handle? Yeah, well, um, I, I don't know if you remember, but my first fight in the house was actually a guy from Spokane I trained with. Right, so right, right. Kind of been, yeah, so Josh Radenhouse, the guy that I fought first, and we had a war. But he was, you know, he was one of my buddies. He was even my roommate in the house. So we woke up next to each other, you know, like in the same room, you know, like he was in his own bed. I was in my bed and I was like, see you, dude. And I left the room and we went and fought, you know, a few hours later. So it's 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 definitely, it's new because it's Ricky. But I have a similar feeling towards it where, you know, I think he's a super cool guy. Uh, you know, I like him a lot. I think he has cool style. He's a cool training partner. But, you know, it's just business. we got to go out there, and he's going to win or I'm going to win, and I'm going to make sure I do everything in my power to make sure I win. Is there anything in your game you think he's not aware of? You know, I think uh, I think probably just the fact that, you know, like that I was injured with my knee. I never kicked in my fight. I mean, I did a little bit in the Vincent fight, but I didn't put any power in it just for fear of it maybe buckling or kind of losing strength, so... I think that's one thing that he might might not be ready for is just my kicks and my more athletic movement. And, and what is it that, that he does that you look at and say, okay, I can't allow him to do this, whether it's get you up against the cage or get you on the ground or get you into a slugfest, whatever, whatever that is, what element of his game do you look at and say, all right, if I'm doing that, he's I'm fighting his fight? I think that's, that's it. Making, he's, I think he's good at making people fight his fight. I think he's good at getting people all riled up, getting them nervous, getting them kind of freaked out in there. Because like you said, there's already nerves in the back room. And when you go out there and there's a crazy guy swinging his arms around, you know, <laughs> making crazy noises, I think that just adds to it for a lot of people. So me just knowing that, it's like, okay, 
I know he's going to be making those noises. I know he's going to be all wild and crazy. And just, you know, picturing that in my own head and being like, okay, that's going to happen will be less of a surprise when I go out there. And it won't really affect me that much. You know, I'll just stay laser focused. And I know a lot of it's just going to be show and trying to get me all riled up, which it works on people. But, you know, just like, just like the Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz fight, you know, Conor McGregor was so good at getting people riled up and making them make mistakes or making them fight his fight. And so, you know, it's different because, you know, Ricky's is like, it's not an angry style of doing that. It's not mean, but I think it's very similar in the fact that he gets in people's head, gets them all riled up. And so I think going out there, I think I have all the tools to beat him. I think I got good grappling, good striking, good athleticism, I'm strong. I just got to make sure I'm fighting my fight. Not well, just it, is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and before I let you go, how, how do you see it ending? Are you somebody, are you big into visualization? A lot of fighters I talk to, you know, they visualize the fight. They visualize a bunch of different endings. But are, have you sort of gone through this in your mind a number of times and visualized a bunch of different ways this is going to end for you? Yeah, for sure. I definitely do. I visualize me going out there, putting the pressure on him, and, you know, making it my fight. Whether and with a knockout, submission or me just you know staying on him the whole time i just know i'm going to be pressuring him and he's going to be on his back foot well either way you visualize your hand being raised i guess it doesn't matter how you get there it's just getting there in that ufc contract which would be just absolutely amazing brady it's it's been a pleasure watching you on the show i'm glad we were able to catch up again your home state here out so i'm sure the people of seattle are going to love to hear from you and and uh going to be rooting for you big time this saturday night uh in the finale it's going to be a lot of fun and hopefully we're talking about a big win we get a chance to talk again and and relive the glory of a big win Oh, I, I'm blessed. You know, like, I, that's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, you know, I, it's a blessing to represent the Evergreen State, and I'm, I'm looking to bring this win home for Washington.